it's always good to be with you. And the more I tell stories, uh, you know, you only have so many, right? Or actually, as you get to a certain age, you can only remember so many of them. And every now and then, the Lord will remind us of something from way back in the day. Or maybe we'll hear somebody else's story, and it will remind us of something that happened to us somewhere along the way. And I was thinking that, you know, about the stories that I tell you, I was thinking, wow, they must have some kind of thought about who, who what kind of kid I was, you know, because I, I don't know. There was just something about uh, uh, my between me and my dad at the time, and I've told you about the story with the his his Oldsmobile '98, that big old tank that he brought home, and and it had grabby brakes, and you know, he told me be careful of the brakes, and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I am 17, Dad. I I think I have this thing figured out, and. Of course, I spun the car three times on a wet road and scared me to death. But I remember another time when I was in the backyard and I had a pea shooter. I was much younger. This was pre-driving. You're already laughing about the pea shooter. You're thinking, that my dad said, that'll put your eye out. That's not what he said. Uh, he, he said, he, he gave me the straw and the little bag of peas. You remember those? Those simple days, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, nowadays, they make apps. You can shoot your pea shooter on your app, right? But um, so I was out back, and I was shooting that pea, and I think, my dad, he thinks I don't know how to shoot a pea shooter, and I stuck a pea in it, and I went, <gasps> <laughs> And uh, for a moment, I thought God was going to kill me for uh, thinking that way about my dad, and I, I coughed up a pea, and... Uh, it just it just tells you kind of what kind of kid I was, I guess, you know. I, was was I not, Sandy? I don't know. Sandy knew me back when I was really, really little and uh, kind of thought I knew everything. I've come to understand that I don't know much about anything, and uh, it's probably the best way to be. But um, the breath that it took to suck that pee down, and I got it pretty deep. It was kind of scary. It's like, oh, that that's not supposed to go down that far, you know, and... And, and, and took a, as big a breath as I could pull in without lodging the pee any further. And, uh, and finally, I think I did the Heimlich on myself before we knew what the Heimlich was, you know. And that thing came out, the breath that come from behind it. We're in a series called More Than Words Can Say. And uh, we started our first week with bread, that the, that the Word of God is our bread, the bread of life. It is our daily bread. It's, it's our sustaining bread. It, it feeds our soul. It feeds our spiritual lives, and it sustains us, and it's our true bread. It is truth. From the very beginning, it was true. It is the Word of God. So we see the Bible is that our, it is our daily bread. It's our sustaining bread, and it's our true bread. We also found in week two that the bread is water in the Word, that, that, or the, the Bible is, is water. The Word of God is represented by water in, in the Word. That while we can live many days without food, and we, we can even live a few days or maybe up to seven days or so without water as, as the Word of God, but we find that Satan, he wants to drown us uh, in words, in negative things, the negative things that come into our life. He just wants to drown us in, in his lies, and he wants to starve us. He wants to take the word from us, steal it from us, as we kind of either agree with what God's word says or agree with the negative things that are coming into our minds. And when we do that, he steals the word of God from our hearts. But the beautiful thing was that God wanted to fill us. God wants to fill us with his word and today we move to our third word in the series, more than words can say. Today we look at, at breath, the breath uh, of God. Let me start by reading a few scriptures that will reassert that the word is truly 
that God's word is truly God's word. God's word does, it doesn't need me to, to agree with it. It doesn't even need me to even proclaim that. God's word, in order to be inspired, the word of God does not rest upon me agreeing with it to be true. It does not require me knowing everything about it, knowing chapter and verse and then agreeing with it. God's word is true because God's word is inspired. Oh, that was a really great place for an amen, you know, because God's word is inspired. Amen, all right. You'll notice when I hang out there for a minute, uh, I remember as I was typing this all in, I thought, there's that spot. It's going to be, whoa, you know, but you're still thinking about the pea shooter, aren't you? I think. So we'll get past that. But God's word, it is inspired. In fact, it's 2 Timothy 3.16. It says this, all scripture, all. Did you get that? It didn't just say the parts that everybody can understand. It didn't just say the parts that the theologians all agree upon. Or if you read it in the Beacon Hill commentaries, that if you read it from there, it's going to be right. No, it says that all, not just some, or the parts that make sense to me or the parts that I like or the parts that in my own thinking seem to contradict or disagree with other parts. No, it says all Scripture is given by what? Inspiration inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I mean, all of it is inspired of God. <laughs> that's, that's the choir guy in me, you know. I just, phoom, there we go, all right. Interesting, there's a Greek word here, and we don't look at those a lot, but it is the word that's uh, one word, one Greek word that is given for five wouldn't that be interesting in, 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 in English if we just say one word and you knew that I wanted my coffee and I wanted it at 130 degrees with creamer in it? Just one word would do that? <laughs> Actually, there is. I just look at her and she goes, you want your coffee? I say, yes, I do. And Lynn's awesome. She gets me coffee every morning. Sometimes, And I make dinner, don't I? Amen. See? The word is Instapot. Instant pot. You got to get an Instant Pot. It's wonderful. I, I digress. That one word, that one word, Forgiven by inspiration of God. It's a Greek word, and it is theonoustos. Theonoustos, it's a, it's a word that's driven from two words, theos being God, and, and, and neo, breathe out. It, we kind of get our, our pneuma from it, pneumatic and pneumonia, and, and it has to do with our, our intake of air and our breath of air that comes out. It comes from those two words, divine God-breathed inspiration, the in-breathing of Scripture is what it, it, it tends to lead us to, and it's the only place that it's found in God's Word is here in 2 Timothy 3.16. So God's Word is the very words of God that are breathed out and breathed into. His Word that is breathed out and, and is breathed into the writers of God's word, because that's what they were. Many writers, but only one author. You get that, don't you? Many, many writers, but one author. All and all scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed. Theonustus. And God's word is profitable for what? For doctrine, for our instruction and our learning, for reproof, for correction and conviction, and for instruction or training. In righteousness, if you go back far enough, the Word of God was used to teach 
in those early one-room schoolrooms. Remember those days? Don't, don't, don't tell me you remember those days. You might remember those days. I don't particularly remember those days, but I, I watched Little House on the Prairie a lot, and it was always in there. They, they read from the reader. What was the reader called? The McGuffey Reader. Very good. I'm glad. I didn't, uh, that's good. I knew there was a reader involved. And you see, sometimes we focus too much on writers and not enough on the author. Oh, there's, there's another good one right there. We, we focus on the writers and not the, the author. We're often too consumed with the questions of, did the writers get it right? Instead of just obeying and just believing the author is right. So the word of God is God's breath. And reading from our text this morning, I direct you to Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. And let's just stand for the reading of God's word. And I know how much you like to stand and sit and sit down and stand up and fight, fight, fight. No, no. <laughs> But it's Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10, and we read the word of the Lord today. Uh, the, the heading says, the dry bones live. Are you ready for that? The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and it set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by, by them around, all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. Don't miss that. They were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And he said to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you in skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, as I looked, the sinews of the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, and there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we're grateful for your word. Lord, may we somehow see beyond just words. Somehow, Lord, might you speak to us. May the word come out, breathed out of your word this day and breathed into our lives. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, dry bones are about as dead as you can get. Ask a doctor and, or the doctor and he'll tell you there are different levels of death. Death occurs when the heart stops and often the heart can be restarted and a person can be brought back to life. And then there's also brain dead. The body may have some automatic response, but there, there's little hope for recovery at that point. But, but this is different. This is long dead 
long dead. The body's not just dead, it's gone. There are not bones still moist with decaying flesh, but the emphasis is that the bones are very dry, the word says, very dry. It's, it is one thing to believe, God, for a miracle to heal the sick or maybe even raise a person who has just died. Remember the story of Jesus when Lazarus died? Martha had held on to that hope for, for a few days, but, but then she gave up. She had told Jesus, if only you had been here, if only you had been here, then this hope lost for more than just a few days. Maybe God can raise the just dead, the just now dead. But what about the dry bones? What about the very dry bones, those that have been dead for a long time? time. Situations in life can be like that sometimes, can't they? There may be issues in your life that seem difficult at present, but you are trusting in God to get you through. And However, sometimes these situations, they grow worse. And still there might be hope that they will be resolved. There's, there's still hope. And then over time, hope tends to fade and at some point dreams die within us and become hopeless situations like these dry bones. It's the way that some seem to view even God's word today. The living, breathing word of God is not that. It's not what it used to be to them, just a, a book, just some good stories and much about or much, much doubt and suspicion about its veracity. Where do you find yourselves today? Today we're living in a very confused time. We're living through time where the things that used to be a given or mutually accepted by most or, or even culturally by very large groupings of people are now very suspect. One thing that has come with the information highway is a lot of misinformation. We see it just about every day. It's no longer a given that we can watch the nightly news and know that we have been given just the reporting on what happened that day, exactly how it happened and when it happened and who it happened to. What we have today is a lot of opinion on everything that has happened for this day. It almost gets lost in the actual story when we're continually told one way or another of what just happened. You go to one channel and you get it one way, another channel, you get it another way, and no matter what side of any issue you stand on, there's really no resolve ever. That keeps you watching, by the way. There's only opinion and division and suspicion. It is what drives the sense of national confusion and frustration that we are living through today. Not only does this happen in the national discourse on government and the hot topics of our day, it also shows up in our spiritual and our scriptural understandings. No longer must one be orthodox. Often one just needs to be popular or sensational. And that's where we as modern followers find ourselves frustrated at times with the questions of what should I believe? Just this week we had another prominent pastor that took his own life. Someone that preached the word well. And struggled deeply from within. What should we believe? Second Timothy four three through four says this: For the time will come 
This is the day that we're living in. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. You see, there's coming a day, or perhaps we're in that day, where people will desire to hear it the way they want to hear it instead of the way it was given Let me say it this way. We're living in a day where many that listen or read the word of God want to read it or hear it in a way that makes them feel good and not necessarily in a way that brings them truth and knowledge and understanding and a better way to live. You can quote the Bible about how we should live and someone will look at you like, well, who made you my my judge? What I as your pastor would like you to know today is this. God's word is the bread of life. It is true. It is correct. It is complete. The word of God is to be taken in daily. It will sustain uh, It will sustain us for it is true. And in our world today, not much is different than any other day. Satan wants to drown us with his negative and suspicious words. He wants to steal from us the true word of God. But today, God wants to fill us with his word. Here's something to remember about the word of God this morning. We are born again by the word of God. Don't forget that. We are born again by the word of God, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. Heaven and earth one day will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. The angels, mighty in strength, watch over the world to perform it, and the word will always return, uh, never void, but will always accomplish what God wants it to. It's the life to those who find it. It's health to the whole body. It's sweet than honey. It's purer than gold. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between the soul and the spirit, and the word of God stands forever and forever. May we never forget or doubt that or believe something that is not true about the inspired word of God. For God's word, it is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. For God's word is a lamp and a light. It leads me into God's ways, not my ways. It reveals to me his words, not just what others want me to believe about his word. It confirms to me that what he wants me to understand and what he wants me to do based on his word, how he wants me to walk. Today we look at God's word as not only being bread, not only being water, but God's word as breath. You see, we can spiritually live, we can't spiritually live without the breath of God. This is the air I breathe. No one can make you believe that the word of God is true. We come to believe in Christ Jesus for salvation through what? Through faith. Faith is required to believe that what God's word says is true. Many want to want you to prove it to them first, but belief comes through faith in Christ alone. But once you believe, once you engage your faith and believe that every word of God's word is true, well, that has the power to change our lives. Once we believe that his word is from God to us, our lives will never be the same for we will have a new standard to live by, a standard that gives us purpose, that shows us in the ways that we should walk and how we should talk and where we should go and how we should love. If I am my own standard, I am very limited in my own knowledge and understanding of how and when God and where God is working. But when I make the word of God my standard, the possibilities are limitless 
So we look at God's word as breath. So Ezekiel, as we read in Ezekiel, we saw Ezekiel was to prophesy over these dry bones. There, there were a lot, they were not skeletons. These were dry bones. There was no life in them. There was no connectedness whatsoever. And Ezekiel was admonished to prophesy over the bones. There was no life in these bones. And the word says, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. There's power in God's word. Thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. He says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. I want to share with you four things that we can find about the breath of God this morning. There may be more. I'll give you four. Number one, the breath of God brings understanding. The breath of God brings understanding. When we read the Bible, God gives us understanding. As we read in Ezekiel 37, 3, it said, And he said to, the, he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, I don't know. I, I, I mean, he says, oh, Lord, you know. He didn't say, well, let me think about that for a minute. Let me go try and put those together. Oh, oh, son of man, can these bones live? Oh, Lord, you know. You see, if we can't believe until we have understanding or knowledge, we've got a real problem. There are always going to be things that we do not understand about God's fathomless word. Anyone that stands before you and says, I have perfect understanding of this book, while it may, they may have good understanding, they do not have perfect understanding. You see, we believe by faith. In our verse here, God is asking Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these lifeless, unconnected, dry, dead bones, can they get up and have life in them once again? And his answer is, I don't know. You know, Lord. I don't have the answers, but you do, Lord. So I look to you. What is it that you would have me to do in light of my limited understanding and knowledge, Lord? What would you have me do? I don't know what to do. Job 32 says this, but there is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. You see, I can use my mind that God has given me to try to understand and have scriptural knowledge and that is good, but it is the breath of God that gives understanding as we attempt to read through God's word. You want to know why you're going through what you're going through? Read God's word. You want to understand what God's plan is for your life, even when things seem to be falling apart and going in any direction except the way that you think it should go, then read God's word. I'll say it this way. Do, not, do, you, do you want to understand your life? <laughs> then read the owner's manual from the manufacturer. God desires to breathe into us understanding, but we must take his standard and read it. It is his love letter to us, but we'll never understand it until we dust it off, read it, and let the breath of God bring his understanding. That's because, number one, the breath of God or God's word brings understanding to our hearts. It's illuminating it, it, it shatters the darkness and brings light to us. Number two, the breath of God brings order. I was speaking with somebody a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I just asked this person, I said, you've been here a while. Could you share with me 
what made you want to stay? I like to find that out from new people because uh, sometimes we think we know, but we may not know. <laughs> and so I said, hey, you stayed. And this person said, well, when I first came in, everything just seemed so organized. <laughs> and I about fell off my chair because <laughs> I thought, oh, you don't know me very well, do you? You know, it just, it's kind of like I don't feel, we, we don't often feel very organized. But that's something that, that God gave. This, there's an organization that goes on. There are some other things, but when we read it, God's word, it brings order. The breath of God brings order. As a result of God's breath, chaos is brought into order. May we never forget that all Scripture is God-breathed, and if we have anything in our lives that seem to be out of order, we should remember that the breath of God, God's Word, brings order. Scripture taken in, read, and absorbed can bring order to our lives. Look at Ezekiel again in verse 7. So I prophesied, he says, as I was commanded. So, so I did as the Word, as God's breathed Word told me. And he says that uh, as he did... He says, as I prophesied, there was a noise <laughs> and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. You see, the bones became skeletons, the, the breath of God, the prophecy, or I might say the very words of God that were asked to be spoken brought order out of the chaos. Ezekiel spoke. He spoke God's word and order came. And I'd ask you, are you living in a chaotic situation this morning, then, then read and speak the very breath of God into your situation and watch what comes from the breath of God. Often I'll find myself in a tough situation or just a tricky something and I'm, I'm reminded of the Word of God. The words of God come and as we speak them, the breath of God brings order out of the chaos and out of the frustration. Psalm 36.6 says this, By the Word of the Lord, by the Word of of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts, all their hosts. It is by the word of the Lord, by the breath of God, that all things have been created and brought together. And then Genesis 1, 2 through 3 says, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters, and God said, said, Try and say something, unless you do sign language. Say something without breath coming out of your body. It says that God said, let there be light, and there was light. You see, when you speak, when you breathe out, when God speaks, when he spoke over the surface of the deep, in the dark place God spoke, he breathed out the words and God said, let there be light. And the very breath of God in the darkness brought his glorious light. His breath brought order from chaos. You, know, you might be in a dark place today. Perhaps today it looks to you like there are just no answers there's nowhere to turn. There's no hope. All is lost and there's only chaos in, in my life. Well, then get ready. Dive into the very God-breathed Word of God and let there be light in your life. Let there be understanding in the dark places of your life. Today and every day, we live and move and breathe and have our being 
according to the very word of God. So the breath of God brings understanding. When we read the Bible, it gives us understanding of what what we're going through. Number two, the breath of God brings order. It brings connectedness. It brings things back together. It casts out the darkness and brings light into the situation. It brings order out of chaos. And number three, the breath of God brings strength. We experience the power of God in our lives when we speak his word. Did you get that? We, you can't get it if you don't speak it. The breath of God brings strength, and we experience the power of God when we speak the word of God. Look at the first part of Ezekiel 37, verse 6. It says, I will put sinews on you. And then in verse 8, indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. The sinew is, is what connects the bone to the muscle. It's a piece of tough fibrous tissue that unites muscle to bone or bone to bone and tendon or ligament. You see, if, as we read God's word, as we follow God through his word, God, God's breathed out word will bring structure and order to our lives. We all need something that connects us to the power of of God's word, something that connects the bone to the muscle that gives us the power, that will give us the power that's needed to be victorious in this life. And it is the very word of God that connects us to the power of God. You see, God's word also says that God's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And when we bring together the reading of God's word and the receiving of the Holy Spirit, we will walk in the power of God. God's breath will bring strength to our lives, real strength to our lives. Look at the power of God in Exodus 15, 8 through 10. It says this, is written, uh, th- this was written right after the crossing of the Red Sea. It's called the Song of Moses and, and Miriam. And in verse 8 through 10, it says this, At the blast of your nostrils, the, water, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deep The deeps were congealed, it says, or they became firm. The depth of the water in the heart of the sea. Then the enemy said this. This is while this miracle of God is taking place. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword. My hand will destroy them. And then in verse 10 it says, You blew with your wind. (sighs) You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. When was the last time that you ran in fear for your life? This was the children of Israel standing at the edge of the water. And the water began to well up. And it congealed and became a place where they could walk on dry land. When was the last time you ran in fear for your life? When was the last time you felt closed, closed in all, on all sides and there was nowhere and no one to turn to? I've told you this story about setting a trash can on fire in Olathe. It was just me twice the age of when I was little with my pea shooter now we're moved on to bigger things, you know, trash cans and the sorts. And I kind of got in trouble for that. And I remember sitting downstairs at the Olathe Police Department. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a perfect background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's the stuff we leave off the resume. Yes, yeah. And I remember sitting there, and I was, they wanted me to write out. They handed me a pen and paper, write down what you did. I thought, I'm not sure I'm supposed to do that. I was only 19, I think, maybe 20. But I thought, I, I, I'm probably not supposed to do that, but I should tell the truth. And I began to write that down. And when they brought me into the other room, there was another room. It wasn't a jail. It was another room. And uh, in that room, there was a detective that sat with me. And he let me know that uh, arson carries a minimum of five years. And if I, if I was drunk on life or something, I got sober really, really fast. And I began to pray. You know how you do? It starts out with, oh, God. Oh, dear God. And we use the King James language. <laughs> In your infinite wisdom, dear Goddess, you must have not wanteth me to go to prisoneth. And I prayed. I've never felt so alone. I was afraid. I thought maybe the life that I thought I was going to have might be taking a big new direction. I was far from home. I certainly wasn't sure that Lynn was going to want to have a Diet Pepsi with me anymore. <laughs> and I remember praying and seeking God, begging God. And the day that I had to go to court, that big giant day in my life, the sea was in front of me. The den of lions, they were all around me licking their chops in hunger. The, the stoked oven that seemed seven times hotter than ever before. And then all of a sudden it was as if God breathed and he blew with his wind and the sea covered my greatest fear. The great lion's mouths were closed and the fire of my life there didn't stand. There didn't stand three, but there was a fourth in the fire. And Lynn, again, wanted to have some more Diet Pepsi <laughs> with me. You see, our greatest fear, our biggest problems, our most shameful memories, the enemy says, I will pursue. And he does and he always will. But the breath of God, God's word brings strength to our lives. Oh, people of God today, family of God today, are you facing trouble sometimes? Let the breath of God's breathed word part your sea and then let the blast from his nostrils cover and drown the enemy's attempts at defeating you this day. I could go on and on, but let's move on to number four. Number four, the breath of God brings life. The source of life for us each day is the word of God. Let's look back at Ezekiel 37 there in verse 10. It says, so I prophesied, Ezekiel says this, as he commanded me to. You know, the word tells us that we should do and we shouldn't do some things and we should obey God's word. And, and it says, so I prophesied as, as he told me to, as he commanded me, and breath came into them and they lived and they stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. You see, this is awesome. God has breathed out his word for us 
We must breathe it in. We must take in the very breath of God. And when we do, it brings order. It changes the way that we live. I I tell you what, you can't have the word of God in your life, working in your life, and have it not change the way that you live. It gives us hope during a hopeless situation. It empowers us and it strengthens us. It brings order to our lives and we, we get life. We get life. For me today, outside of God and his word in my life, I have no life but with God, the holy word of God. God's breathed word, it brings life to me today. Look at Job 33, 4. It says, the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of almighty God gives life. Isn't that good news today? The breath of almighty God gives you and me life today. Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. People of God today, there are 168 hours in every week. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of things. We make appointments, we go to work, we get home t- maybe in time for dinner. Sometimes we have dinner at church, by the way. On Wednesday nights, shameless plug coming right here. (laughs) And if you'd like to help cook, Lynn would love to meet you this morning. If you'd like to help her cook. We, we, We make food for people on Wednesday nights and we eat together around tables. It's a blessed time to be together with a great family of God. But again, we have 168 hours in the week. How much time are we spending breathing in? The God-breathed word. And that's not meant to condemn. I grew up with that. You know, I'm having trouble. Well, did you read your word today? Did you pray today? All the things. They made a list for me. I don't mean it that way. But how much time do we spend in this power giving that brings understanding? It brings order to our lives. It brings strength to our lives. It actually gives us life. We should want more of it. The breath of God brings understanding this morning. The breath of God brings order. The breath of God brings strength to us. And the breath of God brings life. Stand with me, would you?